This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Do you ever find yourself being dragged into drama on social media? In this podcast episode, I'm chatting to Erin Moore, who is a dog training business coach. So she supports other dog trainers in growing their businesses and making themselves look fabulous online so they attract more clients and make more sales and make more of an impact. Now, I came across Erin because I saw a brilliant post that she shared on Facebook and it was all about how we shouldn't be knocking other trainers. We should be putting great content out there to attract the right clients to us. And rather than being embroiled in drama, we should be showing people how awesome we are. So this is one of the many topics that we cover on this podcast. It's all about how blowing out other people's candles won't make your shine any brighter. It's something that we both kind of get on our soapbox a little bit. Erin's really passionate about this in her mind marketing and I'm a little bit too. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you find what Erin shares helpful. Whether you're a dog trainer or not, I do think her advice um, applies for whatever you do in your pet business. So now on to the main part of the show and the interview with Erin. Hi Erin, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Hey Rich, I'm so happy to be here. Oh, thank you. So it would be really great if you could just start by telling us a little bit about you and what you do in your pet business. Well, I help dog trainers build dog training businesses that are sustainable and scalable so that they have a solid financial foundation. They have a good work-life balance and they're not heading on that one-way track to burnout that so many dog trainers end up on. Mm -hmm. Okay. So can you tell us a bit about your background and how you came to be where you are now? Yeah. So I was a dog trainer and well, I was a dog walker and then a dog trainer. And I spent 13 years as a dog trainer making pretty much every mistake that a dog training business can make and doing things the hardest way possible and getting good results for my clients, but not for myself or for my business. And I actually ended up completely burning out of the industry um, and going off and getting a corporate job for a year and a half. Uh, which didn't work for me. I don't make a good employee. I don't work in corporate like I'm supposed to be working for myself. Um, and so when I came back to the industry, it was with the determination that I needed to change things and not do things the way I had done them before. Because if I wanted to be able to stay in business, I needed to be able to emotionally stay sane and not be burnt out all the time. Um, so I came back and I, I made some tweaks and changes and I hired my own coach to learn how to, to change things and make things better. And the change that I saw in my own business when I'd implemented the changes that I'd learned were just life-changing. It was, I went from working, you know, all the time with no work-life balance from being at a point where I hated my clients because I was so emotionally empty and drained and burnt out. Um, having a giant facility that, you know, we're told that's what you're supposed to have. And I, I had all of the bells and whistles and, and still burnt out. And I went from that to having a business where I worked, you know, four to five days a week, five to six hours a day, uh, lots of downtime, time with my own dogs, time with my family, loving my clients again, because I knew which clients to pick and which clients not to pick and making really good money. And and at the same time that I was going through all this change, I had a really good friend of mine who was also a trainer who burnt out and left the industry completely. And she, she still hasn't come back. She is in a totally different career now. And I remember looking at her and wishing that I could help her get the same change that I'd gotten um, and and recognizing, you know what? 
like as dog trainers, we leap into the industry with our hearts because we want to help people, but we don't really know what the business side of things look like, often until it's too late. And I really wanted to to stop that and to help trainers learn how to run the business side too, so that they can stay in the industry and they can make a big difference and they can do the career that they love while creating a really good life for themselves as well. Mm-hmm. So tell me, I'm just intrigued because you mentioned about going and getting a, a corporate job. Tell me about mm. that. What did you do? Oh, I, I ended up working for a company that did um, short-term uh, corporate housing. Mm-hmm. So for people who were traveling for work or being relocated for their business, like the company that I worked for provided the housing for that. Yeah. Um, so complete opposite of, of what I do and what I like to do. And important service is not for me. Yeah. And I take it the experience was enough for you to reassess your life. And yes. then, oh, yes. So what did you, yeah. so you, you had your dog training business, working mm-hmm. all the hours, mm-hmm. you burn out, you go and get a, mm-hmm. a, a, a proper job. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying dog training is not a proper job. But no, you know what I know what you mean. A corporate job. A real job. Yeah. yeah. And then you come back. Um, so you, you leave the corporate job. What, what did you do? Can you kind of talk me through the steps that you followed after that? And your, I guess you would have had a bit of an epiphany, I guess. Well, what I what the first thing I did that made a difference was I hired my own coach mm-hmm. because I had for the longest time been looking at like my group classes and my one to ones and seeing all of the holes in that way of training um, and helping people that I was like I can't figure out how to plug these I can't figure out how to get better information to my clients to get like more compliance, you know, and I say that in quotes because it's actually how the information is presented issue, not a compliance issue. So, but I just, and and this was like years before COVID too, where I was like, like, we're heading online. So there has to be a way that I can incorporate online training without losing the personal connection that I love so much with my clients. And I just didn't know what that looked like. And so Mm -hmm. the first step was me going, okay, I can't do this by myself. Like, all right, which was hard for me because like extreme independence for me was like, I'll just do it all by myself. So recognizing that actually I don't want to do it all by myself anymore. And hiring a coach was the first step. And then learning how to like the, the, and and this is all what I teach now too, but it was how to identify which clients I should be working with, which clients I shouldn't be working with and how to say no to them in a way that was kind. Yeah. Um, How to price accordingly so that I wasn't, charging rock bottom rates and, you know, heading to burnout again, how to walk away from my facility, um, how to build a program that had that online component that allowed more support for my clients, but still that really good relationship and in-person um, bond and um, relationship that that I loved so much about the human end of things. And then how to do sales and marketing, because I, I had no idea. I was just kind of like throwing it at the wall and being like, mm, I hope this sticks. And I was relying on word of mouth marketing for the longest time, which there are so many issues to, and that's a whole podcast all on its own. Mm. So I, I really learned how to take control of my marketing and the sales piece, because what I realized was I had a business. And yes, I helped dogs and people, but if I didn't know how to run my business and I didn't know how to bring clients in in a way that was sustainable for me, I wasn't going to be able to stay in business and and I was going to have to figure out something else. So the sales and marketing piece. And then I worked a lot on my mindset as well because there was so much like money mindset stuff there. There was fear around like 
failure, fear around letting clients down, fear around moving online. There was so much fear stuff there that I really had to learn how to work through and get to the other side of so I could implement the things that I was learning. Mm-hmm. So I really love the fact that you've been through this experience. You've, you've not that you got burnt out, obviously. I, didn't, I don't love that you got burnt out, but you know what I mean? You've, you've had your experience and you've, you've realized what needed to be addressed and how to get all of those things that we really crave, the whole work-life balance. Um, mm-hmm. thing. So tell me a little bit about how you came to seeing your friend. She was really struggling and thinking, actually, mm-hmm. I know I can do the dog work. I can do the people mm-hmm. work. Now I want to go and work with the people in the industry. How did you come to the coaching? Uh, well, the coach that I was working with at the time called me a reluctant coach because yeah. she was the one who suggested it to me that, you know, you should actually work with trainers. Like you're, you're good with the people. And, and I was like, but I want to work with dogs. And then I just, just looking around at how many trainers were struggling, how yeah. many trainers, you know, with, with so many different things too, because there's so many, there's so many things that need, readjusting in in the training industry specifically. I mean, there's so many things that need readjusting in our world, but specifically in in the training industry and just looking around at, you know, so I want to help dogs. I want to help dog owners and I want to help trainers. And I couldn't do both together, right? I needed to focus on one or the other. And what made the most sense to me was if I'm helping trainers, then I'm actually helping everybody because I'm helping trainers, their businesses are then solidifying and growing and being able to actually help people on a much larger level and get better results with their clients and reach more people and more dogs, which means that I am then reaching more people and their dogs with every trainer that I'm helping as well. So that was, and it took me, it took me a good like solid six months to kind of switch my way of thinking over to, okay, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm going to work with, with trainers instead. Yeah, it's like you say, it's the impact, isn't it? And by mm. working with the trainers, um, you know, that's where you can have the maximum impact, isn't it? Yep. Um, so I came across you on Facebook, I think it was. And, mm-hmm. um, and we, you were, there was, it was a really good post about dog, about dog trainers and marketing your dog training business. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you, first of all, then we'll talk a bit about, uh, talk a bit about the post. But what would you say? you find um, dog trainers find the most challenging when it comes to marketing the business? Oh, when it comes specifically to marketing yeah. is learning how to speak the language that their clients speak and not marketing to other dog trainers. Most dog trainers market really well to other dog trainers <laughs> because they talk about the science in their marketing or they try to educate in their marketing posts or they talk about uh, their own certifications and stuff in their marketing posts where potential clients are really looking for someone who's saying, hey, I see you, here's your problem, I can help you. Mm-hmm. And trainers really struggle with that mindset shift because they worry that, well, if I say you know, in my marketing that the dog is being stubborn, I know they're not being stubborn. Other trainers are going to think I don't know what I'm doing because I'm using the word stubborn. Yeah. And so I'm not going to use the word stubborn. Meanwhile, their potential clients need to hear the word stubborn because that's what they understand it to be. And they need to feel seen and heard and feel like you can help them rather than feel like you're telling them, oh, by the way, everything you think about your dog is wrong. So that's a really big piece of marketing that I see people struggling with to use those words that their clients are using rather than trying to well actually them in their marketing. 
Yeah, so I totally hear you with this um, because this is something I have with my uh, the people I work with as well. So as you know, mm-hmm. I help people get press coverage and mm-hmm. part of that is putting, you know, get, creating a compelling reason for the journalist to write about you. Mm-hmm. So when the journalist, mm-hmm. what, you know, what I talk about with my clients is, you know, what kind of impression is the journalist going to get when they land on your website? We want mm-hmm. everything to be nice and easy for them to understand. The journalist mm-hmm. might never have had a dog. They might not even like yep. dogs. Yep. So it, you've got to make it really nice and simple for them. And I what I sometimes find is that people worry about dumbing stuff down um, mm-hmm. because they're worried about what the dog, the fellow pet professionals are thinking about yep. rather than yep. um, what the clients are thinking about. Yep. So I've to- we're totally singing from the same hymn sheet here. And mm-hmm. the other thing I wanted to say as well was when I first came across you, I read this awesome post that you'd written and it was really, um, really from the heart, really passionate. Mm. And I was like, I've got to speak to this lady. And one of the <laughs> things, one of the, I, want, I just want to say to people listening, if you go and follow Erin on social media, she's awesome. Like her posts will no. absolutely, you'll, you'll love them. Um, I've had to, I've had to ask Erin if she would met, be mindful that there's potentially kids listening to this podcast. So <laughs> we have to have a little bit, we have to just be a bit careful with the language, but on her posts, they are awesome. And one of the posts that really sang to me was one where you talked about um, pet professionals, particularly dog trainers, sniping and, and slagging mm-hmm. off the competition. So talk mm-hmm. to me about, talk to me about that and your thoughts mm-hmm. on that. There are so many. How much time do you have? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, there are a couple of really key components to that. And and as a, as an intro to that too, I used to be one of the trainers who would be fighting and arguing online. I used yeah. to be that like extreme, um, you know, going on and telling people how wrong they were on the internet and, you know, sharing posts to make fun of them because I was so angry and felt so helpless about, you know, a lot of the things that were happening to dogs. Um, so, all of this comes from my own learning experience with it about what works and what doesn't work and how much better our life is when we're not in that place. But, you know, the first thing that, that dog trainers don't think about when they're sniping on other posts or, you know, sharing to make fun of or telling people how wrong they are or calling people names or, is that when you're doing that on social media, you're actually telling the social media algorithms that the other person's post is super relevant and the algorithm goes, cool, I'll put this in front of more people. So every time you're doing that, you're actually doing the person's marketing for them and you're actually helping them reach more of their own people. That's something. Yeah, that really stop people in the tracks, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yep. Um, I used to, you know, when I get people arguing on my social media and stuff, I just thank them. I'm like, thanks for the marketing. And then they have to decide whether they want to keep arguing with me or whether they want to stop because it's that it, it's it increases the reach and it increases the number of people who are going to see it. So that's the first thing to consider. You're kind of doing the opposite of what you think you're doing. But secondly, potential clients see you. They see you doing that. They see you name calling. They see you shaming for using tools that you don't like. They see that. And a lot of potential clients use those tools because they've been told to by trainers. They don't know any better. They are desperately looking for help. And when they see you shaming someone else for it, they're not going to reach out to you to get help for switching off of those tools. They're not going to see you as a safe and they're going to either keep using the tools or they're going to find a trainer who can't help them in the same way that, that you potentially could. So you're, you're pushing people further and further away from getting help and more and more towards using those tools because nobody wants to be shamed for what they're doing, right? Dog owners 
and dog trainers too. This is such an important point. Everybody does what they think is best for the dog, no matter how bad you think it is. In their head and their heart, they're doing what is best for the dog. And so if you're shaming them for it, you're, you're losing potential clients. And it's interesting. I, I, I do surveys quite regularly in a lot of the business um, social media groups that I'm in, yeah. asking just about what people think about dog trainers from what they see online. And, and consistently over the last three years that I've been doing this, I get messages back from people that, well, anybody who labels themselves as positive reinforcement or fear-free or force-free, I stay away from because the way they behave online is atrocious. Wow. And these are non-pet people. These are just regular oh. dog owners. Wow, that is that's because I know obviously you're um, based in the UK and you're over in Canada, mm-hmm. aren't you? I know you've got clients all mm-hmm. over the world, but yeah, that's mm-hmm. really really fascinating about public perception, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yep. One of one of the things um, that's really interesting about the surveys and such a such a great great tip as well for dog trainers listening about you know finding out what your people your followers think. Mm. Um, yeah. And just what the public public perception. Um, one of the mm-hmm. things we have over here is um, we have some TV shows. I'm not going to name any of them because mm. um, I'm just not going to. But mm-hmm. we've got some TV shows with dog trainers on and the celebrity trainers and they have ways of doing things. And a lot mm-hmm. of dog trainers see things, you know, they don't agree with it. And mm-hmm. they will talk about um, the person on the TV show and, and talk about, you know, the fact that they don't like what they're doing. And I always feel like when I'm speaking to clients, um, people in my programs and stuff, I will always say, rather than have a go about what they're doing and how they're doing it wrong, maybe talk about like what you do or, mm-hmm. you know, how you work and and mm-hmm. just say, okay, someone, someone might have seen, you know, Sammy the Chihuahua on Channel 5 and this mm-hmm. is how you would do things. And we always, like I have a thing that I say, like, you know, blowing out somebody else's candles doesn't make yours burn any brighter. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. because... Yep. In fact, that's what I said to, said to you in the first chat, wasn't it? Yeah. Actually, um, actually, people just see you as you know you you negging on somebody else, aren't you? Yep. Um, I, yeah. It's so interesting to me too how you know any any good dog trainer, if the client says, "Well, my dog's doing a thing that I don't like, how do I stop it?" is going to say, "Well, it's not about trying to stop the behavior. It, like, what do we want the dog to do instead?" Right. Yet they won't implement that same thing. So they are out there trying to stop the other trainers instead of doing something else instead. The Mm. more you build your own business, the more people you help, the less relevant you make those other trainers because you've got a business that is big enough and that can reach enough people and that can help enough people. And your messaging is always helpful and useful and um, helps clients feel empowered. So more people want to follow you rather than following the other trainers. So instead of focusing on that, I've got to stop this. What can you do instead to help? Well, go build your own big business, bigger and better, and talk about your own stuff and, and talk about how you would do things, just like you were saying, or you know, build a following of... of information for people that is valuable for them that adds value to their life and lets them know how much of an expert you are and how much you can help them and that's how you change the industry definitely and I think what you said earlier about walking showing you walking in people's shoes as in walking mm. in your client's mm-hmm. shoes and all the, all the mm-hmm. lovely empathy and everything that you have is really important um, mm-hmm. and from from like just going back to this the celebrity dog trainers and celebrity mm-hmm. dog trainers all over the world isn't there um, mm-hmm. The other thing I 
I see as well, because my work, like I'm not, I work with dog trainers and pet professionals, but I'm not a dog trainer myself, obviously. Mm. And I see my friends who don't know anything about dog training and how they view mm. people who are on the telly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that by actually laying into people, laying into other dog trainers, laying into people mm-hmm. you don't agree with, you then shame the person who might have looked yep. at their thing, mm-hmm. watched that TV program and thought that they were, you know, charming or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever they think. Um, mm-hmm. And you're... Do you then make the person who thought that that person, that celebrity trainer or dog trainer was okay, feel shamed as well, don't mm-hmm. you? And then that's and pushing them away. It pushes them away. And nobody likes to be told that they're wrong, yeah. even when they are. And when we tell someone that they're wrong, what's the typical response that we have? Well, they dig their heels in yeah. and they cling to that wrong belief no matter what. Whereas when you allow people to come to you to be educated or you approach your um, the, w- the way that you're talking to people from a compassionate, empathetic way of here's what to do instead, or here's the way that I like to do things. You're not adding that shame, but you're also not getting into a head-to-head battle with someone and telling them they're wrong, which pretty much guarantees they're not going to listen to you anyway. Yeah. It's really important for, for us to realize that we can't, we don't have the power to change someone else's mind. Only they can do that. And they have to be open to wanting to change their mind in the first place. And if they're not, and you're going head to head with them about it, you're just wasting your emotional time and energy, which means that you are ending up more despondent, more upset, more depressed about all these dogs that you can't help because that's all you're, fe- you're focusing on. That's the energy that you are stuck in all the time is this fighting that's not going to change anybody's mind. Now you're miserable all the time too, which means your clients are suffering for it because you're bringing that energy to your business and working with them. It also means that you're wasting so much time that could be spent working with people who actually want your help over here. And you're so busy looking at all the people who are wrong on the internet that you don't even see this large group of people who's like, hi, I have some money for you. Can you help me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what it's like over in Canada at the moment where you are, but over Mm. here, it's like we've had this, we've had the, obviously the lockdown, the pandemic, Mm. the puppy boom, loads of, oh my gosh, so many puppies and dogs and adolescent dogs and dogs behaving, you know, in a lot of unwanted behavior, people really Mm. struggling. Um, And Mm. I think you, I was going to ask you actually, like, what's the impact of being in spats with other dog trainers or talking about dog trainers being wrong and whatever? What's mm-hmm. the impact emotionally? Because, you know, you were talking about it that you're taking up so much energy, aren't you? Yeah. Yep. In a time where everybody is so drained anyway. Yeah. You know, it's been the lockdown for, you know, going on three years. Now we like got on the verge of World War Three. We've got all of the like social injustice stuff that has been brought to light that you know, is going on in our world, there are so many things that we have been emotionally bombarded with over the last three years, and everybody's capacity is so much lower than it normally is. So, if you're operating, if you yourself are operating from a limited capacity, and your potential clients are operating from a limited capacity, it makes no sense to waste any of that capacity on something that you can't change, on something that is just adding negativity to things, you know, and that's that's an interesting point too. Like our marketing has shifted so much because of the last three years, and it used to be that you focused a lot on like the struggles that the clients were having and their pain points in the marketing, and you talk to that. People are tired of their struggles. Yeah. People need hope that there is an answer. 
And so that needs to be the shift. If you really want to be having effective marketing and, and really helping people, there needs to be a shift to there is hope. And, and, you know, like with the COVID puppies, like you were talking about, people need to know that there's hope and there's help. Yeah. And if you're focusing on all the things that are wrong, that's not the message that you're getting out there. Yeah. People are not seeing from you, oh, there's, and you're attracting people who are angry and bitter and want to just fight about things all the time because those are the people who are resonating with you fighting on online all the time or the people who are like, yeah, I want to fight all the time too. You don't want to work with clients like that. You're, and you're pushing away the clients who are looking for help and support and genuine um, connection and, and results with their dogs. Mm-hmm. No, it's really interesting what you've just said about the pain points and changing your marketing mm. as well. And mm-hmm. I'd love to know, because um, you work obviously with dog trainers, don't you? What kind mm-hmm. of what kind of things are you encouraging them to share at the moment? What kind of um yeah, what kind of things are you encouraging them to be talking about and sharing mm-hmm. when it comes to attracting people who they mm-hmm. want to attract? Well, the first thing that I really encourage people is to be more authentic and be more themselves mm-hmm. because so many dog trainers, and it's not just dog trainers, but but it's it's really prevalent in the, in the industry. So many dog trainers hide behind this layer of professional armor, yeah. this layer of I've got to be professional. And a lot of it is a, a self-protection mechanism because they're scared to be seen, they're scared to be heard, they're scared to make human connection. So they hide behind this like armor of science and information and, you know, their dog training stuff. And, and when you show up authentically with boundaries, right? Because authenticity has boundaries. When you're showing up authentically and you're allowing people to see the real you in your business, you're connecting with your, your clients on a human level. We desperately need more connection in our world right now. People are desperate for connection in every which way that they can after all of the lockdowns and everything moving online and people really want connection. And so when you're showing up more authentically, whether it's just sharing look at my dog on the counter, even dog trainers, dogs aren't perfect, right? Or sharing a struggle that you're having with, wow, today's been a really low energy day and I'm really sad and I you know, needed to really get out for a walk with my dog because life's been hard for the last little while. Like those kind of things, connect with your clients, whatever is authentic for you. Um, the A, you attract better clients, but B, you also give people listening permission for them to be themselves, Mm -hmm. permission for them to show up with that little bit of vulnerability, which which everybody is scared to do nowadays, right? So you give them permission, you make it a safe space for them just to be them, whatever that looks like. Yeah. So that's one piece. And then really talking about like giving them hope in their dog training. So yeah, we want in our marketing to talk about, hey, th- these are the problems. And I see when I know that these are your problems, but we really want the focus to be on here's what it could look like instead. This is what your life can look like with your dog. It is possible to have these things. You know, it doesn't have to be this way forever. These are some of the ways that, that I help my clients get change and really focus on What's the transformation that they're getting? What is their life going to look like with their dog after they work with you? And help them really connect to that and give them hope that there's something they can do about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just as you were chatting, I was thinking about a couple of people who I know online and people who I've worked mm. with who do the do the three things that you've just talked about there. So there's mm-hmm. one lady called Hannah, and she's got um, she's a cocker spaniel specialist. I've not worked with mm. her. My VA works with her, and she mm-hmm. shared this really good video of her cocker spaniels like throwing themselves in mud and like not coming back and I think one of them was in like a swamp or something and he wouldn't come out she was calling him that went absolutely crazy like yeah love it 
I've got yeah. another client, Suzanne. She's um, she's a really good storyteller. She's written books about mm. rescue dogs. She's just a lovely girl. And she talks mm. quite a lot about emotions and mm-hmm. health and that kind of thing. And then there's another great lady called Karen. She's a dog trainer, but she used to be she used to be a fashion PR. She worked for like Alexander McQueen. Oh. Fascinating yeah. background. But she yeah. has brilliant um case study style um posts on Instagram and really good reels mm. where she mm-hmm. does the transformation and gives people, like you say, hope and mm-hmm. tell the stories of the dogs that you work with and mm-hmm. and you know, and people see maybe something of themselves or their dog in there, and that's that's mm-hmm. great, isn't it? On a completely separate note, I did a story mm. this weekend because um, I still write for newspapers and stuff. But um, I did a story of, and it was an interview with a dog trainer. And she talked about how she trained her dogs to play Connect Four, you know, like the board game from the 1970s. <laughs> any younger, that's so cool. In the show notes. But yeah, how uh, cool is that? And that, yeah, that's awesome. That story went crazy because it's just, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, just a really, really fascinating story. Um, yep. So I love the alternatives that you've given to, um, mm. to, you know, being negative online and moaning. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, what I'd love to know as well is like, because you coach dog trainers and you've, you've mm-hmm. been through all of this yourself. Like when you work with your clients and let's say if you were working with somebody and they were kind of in that mindset where they, I guess, like you say, we talk about other people and we hide away a little bit because we're scared of, Mm-hmm. Us out there, and I include mm-hmm. myself in that. I've, you know, I've been mm-hmm. there. Um, when you're working with those people and you're kind of nurturing them and bringing them out of themselves, mm-hmm. what kind of things do you think are really helpful? Well, there's ways. Uh, like one of the biggest things that I um, that I tell my clients is to leave all of the free Facebook groups for trainers. Yeah, because that's one of the places where it's the worst and where we see all of the fighting and slagging off, and you know arguing and then we we get that in our head of oh my gosh that's what it's going to be just leave those groups like they're not i promise you your ideal clients are not hanging out in free facebook groups where you know for other trainers so you know leave those groups because it's not good for your headspace and your mindset first and foremost um secondly there are some uh you know security and privacy settings that you can put on your facebook profile and your business page that allow to protect for people arguing people um you know putting awful comments you know that there's a way that you can protect that so set that up in place um but the really the the big one and this one often hits people hard is if you're worried about what people on your friends list and in your friends circle will do if you start putting yourself out there you need new friends yeah like so Take a really long, hard look at the people that you are interacting with and engaging with. And if you are scared of them bullying you, yeah, you don't need to be friends with them. And that's where the, the, the Facebook group that I have in my program is so valuable for my clients because it's only my paying clients. So it's only people who have been through a call with me and I've vetted and made sure that they are in the headspace to come in and do this work and that they're not going to be, you know, fighting and arguing and all of that. And so they've got this really intimate small community of other women who are safe and supportive and it, it's often the only place for a lot of dog trainers um, to be able to to explore 
putting themselves out there in a place that's safe. And, and so that's really, really helpful um, for a lot of people. And then I give them some tips and tricks and tools of how to deal with it if there is, mm-hmm. you know, a negative thing. Because our fear of things, when we try to tell our fear that, oh, that'll never happen, fear gets bigger and louder because fear is yeah. trying to help us, right? Fear is benevolent. It's like, hi, hey, have you thought about this thing? And if we go, no, 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 it's fine. Fear goes, oh, you're a liar. Okay, great. <laughs> so I'm not going to go away and be quiet because this could happen and it could happen. So when we have a plan for, here's my worst case scenario plan, fear goes, okay, so we've got a plan. Yeah. So I'm still going to be here, but I'm not going to be loud and screaming in your face about it. And then that allows people to start putting themselves out there in little ways with a plan for if someone does have a negative comment, what are we going to do about it? And and there's the support if it, they can come to our group or they can come to me in our coaching sessions or so that they're... Because I think that we, too much in our world, we focus on, well, how do you just avoid the negative? Yeah. But that's not life. You can't avoid the negative in life, right? The last three years have shown us that. So what we need to be doing is learning how to deal with and work through and have the tools and the skills to be able to do the hard stuff, to, to not be okay in the negative, but to understand that it's a part of life and, and we can get through it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, definitely with you on this. I have in my programs, I do, we cover crisis management because, you know, if mm. there's a PR disaster, well, right. A dog gets injured or you know mm-hmm. an animal goes missing what do mm-hmm. we do um, mm-hmm. and also um the other thing i would say as well is we are kind of because i've had this because you know the nature of what i do with doing press coverage as well i've had it where people have had an absolute disaster happen they've come to mm-hmm. me and said you know come mm-hmm. and ask for advice um, and actually facebook will mm-hmm. if, you know if people are being malicious and and what's being shared is defamatory um they will you know you can complain to facebook and they do act quite mm-hmm. quickly actually so if things really mm-hmm. are being you know if you really are getting a kicking and it's not warranted then mm-hmm. you know there is there are, there's things you can do isn't there mm-hmm. um so yeah and a lot of it too and this is really hard for people to conceptualize if they're not there yet because it's kind of like some weird distance future that they can't picture yet but the more you do practice putting yourself out there and seeing, oh, the world didn't fall apart. Like yeah. the worst case scenario didn't happen. The easier it gets to put yourself out there. And then if if the worst case does happen, you're better equipped to deal with it because you've got a learning history of worst case scenario not happening, right? Yeah. With, that you can also fall back and you've got evidence that, oh, the worst case doesn't always happen. I mean, when I first started, with my journey around, you know, learning all the stuff I learned and then moving into coaching, I was terrified to be on social media. I didn't want to put myself out there. I was scared of being attacked and bullied. And and yeah, over the years, that's definitely happened. But, you know, the tools that I've had and the strategies that I've had to manage it mean that it's been minimally impactful and that I got more and more and more and more confident in my putting myself out there because I was putting myself out there. You can't think your way into a headspace that's going to make you comfortable with putting yourself out there. Like you can think your way into like taking the first step, but it's the actions and the continually doing it and seeing the people who get helped and seeing the, you know, just this morning I had someone message me and say, I just wanted to let you know how much of an impact your posts have on me. So thank you. And I'm like, cool. And I get that weekly. I get like multiple messages like that. 
because I put myself out there. Yeah. Yeah. So even if I'm getting negativity from some people, I'm impacting people's lives and I'm making a difference. And that's my whole goal. Mm -hmm. So cool. People can just be negative and help my marketing. That's great. (laughs) And because the more people who don't like me talk about me behind my back, the more people who do like me are like, who is this woman? Let me go find her. And then they either really resonate with my stuff and they're like, she's amazing. I need to work with her. Or they don't. Cool. That's free marketing for me. Love that. Um, And I just love the whole... It's all about being bold, isn't it? Like that's mm. we had a guest expert come and talk in my um, membership, and she's, mm. she's she's her final thing was like, I want you to all go and be bold and go and. Uh-huh. She was a radio journalist, and she was telling yeah. us what radio people want. She was like, you know, yeah, go yeah. and be bold, go and be brave, put yourself out there, and mm. and you know, think about the you know, think about the people you want to make an impact on. Um, yep. Sorry about the dog eating biscuits. That's all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. If someone's listening and they're thinking, okay, I want to just be a little bit braver and make those first steps mm-hmm. and start putting myself out there, what would your what would your advice be for making that first step? It, oh, as the answer is with so many dog training things, it really depends. Yeah. <laughs> it really depends <laughs> on where you're at. Um, you know, if you're in a place of um, want, like feeling scared but able to put yourself out there, Go put a post out there that just has a little bit of authenticity and vulnerability to it. Go talk about something that's real to you that when you think about writing, you're like, but what if other trainers? And then go go post it anyway. Yeah. Um, go if, if you're in a place where you can't even fathom doing that, my suggestion is go find a therapist. That's really brave to go and get that help that you need. Because in a lot of situations, if there's certain levels of, of trauma in our background, we physically can't go put ourselves out there. And then getting help from a therapist is the first step. And that's incredibly brave to do, to mm-hmm. reach out and go, wow, I'm, I, I need help. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you are kind of at a place where you're like, well, I, I'm, I'm scared, but I'm ready to do all the things, hire a coach, let yeah. them help you with it. Like it's saying I need help is one of the bravest things we can do. Right? So... Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm with you on so in, well, I'm with you on all of this, definitely. <laughs> Do you know what? I didn't put myself out there for years. I was so scared mm. of other journalists thinking, oh, what yep. are people doing going on about dogs yep. and, and oh, isn't she stupid? And then I got a yep. coach and she'd done the same, she'd been on the same journey as me. She was an expert yep. went into content marketing and she yep. made me be brave and be bold and do the things and mm-hmm. community and support is so mm-hmm. important, isn't it? And yep. you know, I mean, I've got a free Facebook group and I've got obviously I've got a paid program as well. But mm-hmm. you know, there are people out there who who can support you. Whatever you do, mm-hmm. you've got a mm-hmm. business. Whether you're training, whether you run a catering, yep. there's people yep. there who want you to succeed, and then yeah. you've got to be around, aren't they? Yep. Yep. And on that note, if that's where you're at, if you're looking around at the people in your inner circle and your life and you're seeing them talking badly about other people and you're worried about putting yourself out there because of that, then your first step needs to be disentangling yourself from those people and finding people who will be supportive and finding people who will allow you to be you and finding and and exists it's hard to find but it exists so start looking around and finding those people how how do you see them treating people who don't agree with them 
right? When they have a disagreement, can they have a respectful discussion about it? If they can, cool. They're very likely someone that you're, is, is going to be a safe place for that. You know, what, what does their content look like? If they're out there slamming everybody all the time, then yeah, maybe they're not the people you want to be around. Like really find the people that you can start developing relationships with to be that support. Yeah. Yeah. I really, um, I really like that. And I like the, the other thing I was thinking then as well is that people can see what we put on the internet and mm-hmm. good impression. We don't want to be mm-hmm. seen as a moany mini or a negative mm-hmm. Nelly or Neil or however you want to see it. You know, on that note too, though, one of the most powerful things that we can do is come out and say, whoops, I was wrong. So, you know, if you're at that point of wanting to make a change and realizing and recognizing, well, actually, wow, okay, I've been doing all these things that, you know, we've been talking about on here and that's not how I want to show up in my business. A great first step is just doing a post about it. Wow. You know, I've done some learning and some growth lately and I've realized that the way that I used to do things isn't the way that I want to do things anymore. And so going forward, I'm going to be focusing more on these things instead. Yeah. That's a wonderfully authentic and connecting um, and vulnerable post that will repel a bunch of people who want you to stay the way that you are and attract a bunch of people who, who respect that growth and respect being able to say, I was wrong. Yeah. And it's like drawing a line on line in the sand as well, isn't mm-hmm. it? And it would, yep. yeah, I guess if you're thinking, okay, I'm going to do a bit of a reverse ferret here and go from being like this to moving in mm-hmm. a different direction, actually owning it and putting it out there Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. a really good, brave first step, isn't it? And it normalizes making mistakes, which we all do as human beings because nobody is perfect. I mean, my content and and like I said, I used to be one of those trainers. So if you look back to my stuff on Facebook from, you know, 10 years ago, it's not at all who I am today. It's, it's, it's the opposite. And people call me on it all the time and say, Oh, but you used to, yeah, I absolutely used to. And that's, the point of growth and learning is I don't anymore. So yeah. yeah, did I say those things? Yeah. Do I regret it? Yes. Here's what I'm doing to change it. So, you know, don't don't get stuck in the shame of, oh, but I have been doing this thing and I have been like, it's never too late to make that pivot and, and switch and, and change. And the right people are going to respect you hugely for making that pivot. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, I worked in tabloid, I, worked in, I still do work in tabloid journalism, but Mm. you can go in a different direction I used to feel Mm -hmm. this this might sound a bit bonkers but I used to think that people wouldn't want to work with me because I used to work on tabloid newspapers and a really Mm -hmm. notorious one over here in the UK Mm -hmm. and and I thought I'd have to hide that and then I remember listening Mm -hmm. to the podcast and thinking no I've just got to let me tell people that I used to do this it's not Mm -hmm. like a mass murderer or anything like that I just used to work on a newspaper that some people don't like Mm -hmm. yeah And I'm willing to bet that a lot of people followed you, liked you, resonated with you, respected you for coming out and being like, hey, this is what I used to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Mm -hmm. no, it's, it's, um, it's, but it took me a long time to get to that point because I thought, oh, no, nobody will want, no one will want to have, you know, people won't Mm -hmm. want to work with me and all these Mm -hmm. silly things I would tell myself. Mm -hmm. Um, We tell ourselves so many stories that keep us like really small and really stuck for the longest time because we believe them when they're not true. We do. We do. Definitely. And personal development, I know sometimes it can sound a bit fluffy and a bit woo, but, you know, well, it's there for a reason, isn't it? And we Mm -hmm. don't have to be stuck in anywhere, do we? 
there's a lot of help out there. Um, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Erin, I'm really conscious that I've been talking, or we've been talking for quite a long time, um, and it's been just brilliant chatting to you. I also really appreciate the you, you um, not swearing. <laughs> Sorry for being such a pain, but um, it's for the people on the school run, so thank you. For the you. children. I know, for the, for the children. Anyway, tell us about where we can find out more about you. So I actually have a podcast that's dropping uh, in a couple of weeks. So that'll be out, the Business End of the Leash podcast. Um, I am on Facebook. Uh, my business page is Erin Moore, the Business End of the Leash. Or I have a free Facebook group for trainers as well, which is the Business End of the Leash. Um, my website, people can find a little bit more about me and what I do and, and get in touch with me is dogbizcoach.com. Fabulous. Okay, so what I'll do, if you're listening on an app, I'll put all the links that Erin's just mentioned there to her website, the podcast group in the show notes, so you can go and swipe up and go and check them out. And if you're listening on my website, you can just go and click the links. Um, but no, it's been brilliant chatting to you. I can't wait for your podcast to come out and to oh, I'm having so much fun. to it. I love your Facebook post, so please go and check out what Erin's got to say on Facebook because her mm. posts are awesome. Um, but it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.